Uh, what's up, guys? This is Justin Thompson from South Carolina. You're listening to Coach D's podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, near or far, high or low. You're listening to the Coach D podcast. And listeners, we have a very dynamic player in the studio with me today. And listeners, you know how we do on the Coach D podcast. We have to introduce these high-level athletes the right way. So without further ado, let's cue in the music and introduce this athlete the right way. Listeners, stepping on the court at six foot five by way of South Carolina, we have a guard who is a seasoned professional basketball player hailing from the US, South Carolina. He's currently making waves overseas with a dynamic playing style and a wealth of international experience. He does bring a unique perspective to the game from his roots to the US to thriving on the global basketball stage overseas. Listeners, I'm excited and I'm honoured. Please give a warm welcome, Stefan on the court, Justin Thompson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I know, for sure. For sure. I mean, before we even get started, uh, Justin, talk to me. How was your physical and how was your mental? Uh, Definitely. Um definitely challenging especially the mental side you know um right. i went into a i went into a league where um you know i was pretty much like the main american there was no other american with me you know mm-hmm. um getting used to the culture getting used to like the um the playing style the different rules uh it was all challenging you know physically um overseas is definitely more physical than uh than the states for sure you know not much foul calls you know um definitely got to play through a lot but like Overall, it's, you know, it's a good challenge if you want to try to step out, you know, get out of your comfort zone, you know. They say the best times to be comfortable is when you're uncomfortable, you know. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's definitely a good time. So, like, just just before we even speak about your professional career overseas, I just kind of want to take things back to uh, a a very young Justin who wasn't six foot five, who wasn't athletic just yet. He may have been even shy, you know, stepping on the court for the first time. I just want to know where was you and who was the person who put a basketball in your hands for the very first time? Uh, It was definitely my mom, you know, um, at an early age, I had a basketball on my hand. Um, She basically like embedded it in me and my grandfather, you know, who passed away uh, about eight years ago. He, he definitely uh, forced the issue with the basketball thing. You know, I played every sport growing up for sure. But, um, basketball was one of the ones that I was very elite at, you know, so I put Mm -hmm. all my eggs in one basket, you know, and I took, you know, I took that very serious, you know, and that's how I came, you know, to be the 6'5 athletic guy you're talking about. (laughs) Nice. Nice. And what, what stood out to you? I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier. Was it because you were so elite at basketball while you chose to put all your eggs in basketball or was there other contributing factors that made you really wanted to really want you to decide on taking basketball more seriously um and I, honestly it was really just that I was so I was so elite at it you know I was scoring nice. 30 points you know at a very God young age say less, yeah. Justin, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> you know so like I have I have one memory in my head I scored th- like 35 off just floaters you know oh my and gosh oh yeah so from the you know my mom was like yo this is crazy you're like six seven years old you know right, right. and it's like I think this is your calling. So, you know, me from, from that point, when she said that, it's like, I really started to put the time in. I started to put the work in. I started to focus on details, you know, 
mm. to like enhance the you know the skill set of the basketball side you know right but the the football aspect I, I wasn't liking football because I used to have to go to basketball practice beat up you know okay right right <laughs> so yeah, yeah the tackling you know you know I played soccer I stepped in the ant pile one time it was over with from there I was oh, like yeah man. I'm cool off this yeah right. <laughs> so basketball was the one that was like okay I can keep this level I can keep this level you know right it's not too much not too little it's like really perfect you know right so i'm curious now i mean what because i feel like no matter what sport a athlete plays there's that moment you know kind of like a light bulb moment where things start to click the hard work starts to pay off where they really find their groove and and their player position for you justin when was that moment you realized that that you was nice at basketball um, that moment when I realized that I was really nice at basketball was when, um, it was like 2017. I'm playing with the Kings, my coach, Josh, uh, coach Josh, he had me playing, um, like shooting guard okay. and, you know, I'm really, you know, my high school, my high school setting wasn't good for me. You know, my coach didn't really like me, you know, he mm-hmm. put me through all this treacherous stuff, you know, in order for me just to even be on the team. But he, my AAU coach gave me the opportunity to really present myself, you know, on like a good platform. So, you know, we're traveling AAU and the moment I knew I was good was um, I'm on the baseline and, you know, I have like 25 probably already and I do a move and there's a head coach in front of me, which ended up being the coach I committed to uh, out of high school. And, you know, I hit like a step, like a post fade step back, you know, and I looked at him, you know, he looked at me and he walked away. (laughs) <laughs> and okay. later that day he reached out to me you know and he was like yo justin thompson you know i'm um coach so-and-so um i really like your game i want to recruit you to come to limestone university which is where i committed to right and right. from that moment on i knew i was good enough to play on scholarship you know <sighs> so that's when it really clicked like yeah you could do this like you know like you could do this for a living you know right right and you see even even on that um how do you when you go to some of these AAU games and you kind of know that there's a scout from this college or that college or this academy, obviously that that brings a certain amount of spotlight and attention to your playing style and how you are on the court as well as off the court. You know, when you kind of look back at how you handled yourself, was that a lot of pressure for you or did you thrive under pressure was you doing a little bit too much offensively or defensively like you know how did you handle that type of dynamic um and honestly I really just took it I really took it as like an opportunity to just like showcase my my best work you know like I really thrive in those situations because it's like a it's like a different feeling when when you have people that are there to really look at you you know it's like they're here to see me, so I'm going to put on the show for the people. It's kind of like, you know, Kevin Durant. It's kind of like Devin Booker. They have people that come to watch solely them, you mm, know? So, of course, right, they try to right. give their best every night. So, that's really the position I put myself in, to be the best person I could be on and off the court, you know, as far as attitude, physicality, mental, you know, because they all want to see how players handle adversity, you know? Right. right. So, being able to to thrive in those situations just makes it easier when it gets harder, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you even mentioned your playing career at Limestone. How would you say, well, first off, be even speak about your transition from college to the pros. I mean, I've I've heard, you know, just from some of the guests I've had on the podcast that that transition from high school 
to college is no joke just in 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 terms of the weight room you've got to balance your academics along with playing there's the scout report there's tape there's film how was that transition from for you from high school to college uh it was definitely different you know uh, right. we did weight room you know in high school we did the weight room we did a uh, practice and stuff but once you head to the college side it's it's really like political so everything <laughs> right, is based right. <laughs> everything is based on like you doing your best if you're not doing your best they get rid of you you know oh, that's kind of yeah. like anything yeah. so transitioning from high school to the college setting was really like a, a turnaround it really was like all right so this is this is like my job you know like mm. you got you got to study hall you have practice you have weight room you got sometimes you got two practices you got conditioning you know so it's really one of the things that you really have to like lock your mind in on as far as like playing basketball and doing school because you know you can't play basketball if you don't have the grades True. so if if you don't have that uh, i think it's 2.0 now if you don't have that yeah. 2.0 to get into school and to you know maintain eligibility right it, it, it runs out quick you know because right. you know college is based on eligibility so if you don't have eligibility you can't play basketball right you know right so definitely managing that and you know focusing on that was definitely a big leap for me mm-hmm. and it really had me because, you know, my first semester, I'm I'm, I'm thinking this sweet, you know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> right, I'm in right. college now away from my parents, you yeah, know, like, yeah, oh, I'm about yeah, to, you know, have fun. <laughs> right. And boom, you know, that first semester, academic probation, you know, I go to coach, coach is like, yo, if 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 you don't turn this around, you're not going to be on scholarship, you're going to have to pay for school. And, you know, my mom wasn't going for that. Right. So exactly. I had to really lock in, you know what I'm saying, cut down on all the, the extra stuff. And I really had to lock in, you know, and focus on my school. I turned my grades around. I had like a 3.0 the second semester, which balanced it out. Yeah. And, you know, from there, I just kept the ball rolling, to be honest. Right. See, and I think that's one thing I really admire, you know, and that's um, something the UK is definitely following, just in terms of how you look at the setup and the player pathway of a player going from high school to college and just the regime the routine is it's, I mean from my perspective it's really like when you look at college basketball it's kind of like a semi-pro league because you know you're in these huge stadiums you've got the funding you've got weight room shooting room you've got a scout report you've got shooting coaches you've got all of these opportunities that really benefit the players and the coaching system where you know you a uh, player can really thrive no matter what position they play so for yourself how would you say your college career at Limestone prepared you for the next stage of your journey? Um, and uh, honestly, it really helped me a lot because I didn't stay at Limestone my whole career. I bounced around from, you know, uh, college to college, which right. gave me a better understanding of like every situation is different. So when I bounced around from school to school, each thing was different, you know, mm-hmm. each coaching was different. Each like play call was different. Defenses are different. Offenses are different. You know, the, just the school in general, the dynamic of it, everything mm-hmm. was different. So, taking that to, and then going to the professional stage it really wasn't much change you know obviously it was a big change as far as culture stuff like that but i'm used to the the change of scenery i'm used to the change of dynamic i'm used to the change of everything so it really made that pathway easier you know right. what i mean like right. it wasn't that big of a, like oh you have to change everything i'm so used to changing stuff i never really got comfortable in any sense of basketball because okay. things change so quickly you know this is true, this is so, true. It's really, it's really just focusing on like what you can control. You know, you can't control every situation, 100%. but you can control how you react to go. different situations. There you know, yes, sir. so 
it's like just basically staying level-headed, you know, never right. getting too high, never getting too low, just right. always staying comfortable in your own self so you can manage the change that happen, you know? Right, right. And you see, what you said was so potent because um, there's a quote that um, a coach told me and it really speaks volumes now and it really li links in with what you said in terms of the quote is, you know, change is inevitable, growth is optional. You know, and, you know, a player like yourself, you bounced around different colleges. Yes, the di the dynamic and the set plays changed. You could have easily been like, you know what, this is a different play. I'm not quite getting it or this dynamic isn't ready for me. And you could have not chose to show growth, but, you know, your mindset and you being a player who's driven by purpose, you chose to grow and you chose to still be the best player you could, you know, so just kind of hats off to you for the show in your mindset in those types of uh, settings, man, for real. Yes, sir. Appreciate my guy for sure, you know. And this is what really intrigues me because, you know, being born and raised in London, like knowing about international basketball is just super fam familiar for us, but especially for a player like yourself and even just on a topic like US players, I'm super curious to know what their knowledge i mean obviously it's definitely grown more over the years as we're seeing a little bit more of a international um players coming into the nba and even the euro league you're hearing more about but for yourself justin before you made that trip over to play professionally overseas did you know much about um the world of basketball outside of the u.s or is that something like that you kind of learned once you turn pro um, it's really something I kind of learned once I turned pro, you know, right. obviously I did my research and stuff. Once I signed to play Morocco, I did my research, you know, right. but it's just the, the, the international world of basketball and then, you know, the in States world of basketball is just totally different. You know, everybody right. sees right. it different. Every league is different, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, I was telling you, um, my man's, uh, Taj Green, shout out Taj Green, you know, he shout plays out, uh, in the BBL and uh, you know, he, he killed his first year and then got a better contract his second year with another team. Nice. And like, he was just telling me like, it's just so different. Cause even though everybody in the UK speaks English, it's just the way of the world is just so different, you know? Mm -hmm. So like him bouncing from that team to the next team, it's like, it's the same country, but it's just different, like everything. Mm -hmm. So like he had to relearn some of the stuff, you know, that he was dealing with from Manchester giants to Newcastle, you know? Right. Right. So, like, for me personally, when I had went from the States to Morocco, it was just a totally different ball game. Like, wow. I had to relearn some stuff. Everybody speaks French. Everybody speaks Arabic. So, it's right. like, I'm using Google Translate. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm learning, like, right. the basic words, yeah, you know. Yeah, if I'm, sir. Yeah, you know. So, like, I was never <laughs> by myself. I always had somebody there with me that, you know, spoke right. the language. So, if I needed anything, it's like... I just look at him, tell him what I want, and he translates it. There we go, right. So right. it's like, well, that was very different, you know, because it's right. like, in the U.S., you know, we just, you know, when I got back to the States, I'm the first person I looked at, I swear I thought they were going to speak French. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I swear I thought they were going to speak French and they speak English. I'm like, yo, I'm back home. <laughs> right. You know, right. so like, right. a lot of stuff is different. You know, a lot of people, you know, take, you know, different things from different countries and apply it to their personal life, you know? Right. And 
I feel like that's just the way of it, like just just the way basketball works, like because basketball takes you, you know, just crazy places. Like For real. I never thought I would have ended up in half the places I ended Imagine. up, but basketball brought me to different places, you know. So like, Imagine. I feel like it's really just adapting to where you are, and then you just like learn things while you're adapting, you know. Right. And what's that like for you, Justin? Because I mean, it's it's quite a unique experience that I found with into international players who play pro overseas i mean you're learning so much i mean you are learning so much more about the game of basketball but with that attached to it at the hip is the culture the food the language the worldview and things so how has how has that been adapting to different cultures different food weather even and just even the playing style of basketball um, it's really, it's really actually a, a fun experience. You know, I, I really so. wish everybody that plays basketball can, you know, get that experience. You know, obviously right. it's 1% of people that get to play professional basketball. So like, just like the food, the food is always different. You know, some food is better than other foods. Some food is the same, like, um, like the, uh, the playing style of everything is just like, cause you know, Spain is different from Morocco. London is right. different from Spain. Like, right. It's just wherever you go, you're going to have to adapt to whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And Morocco, I could say for Morocco, it's like they're way more physical. Like, oh, like wow. if you, okay. um, yeah, they're way more physical. You know, everybody's strong. Everybody's grown. Everybody's seasoned. Like, nobody's, like, new to the sport over there, you know? Mm. So, like, as far as, like, the uh, Americans to the locals, it's like not every team had Americans. You know, okay. some teams okay. just had like some of the best teams in Morocco just had really good locals that play together. Wow. So it's kind of like not every team has Americans. Not every team needs Americans. If you have a good foundation in Morocco, it's like they roll with the punches with right. that team. Right. So it's like not every not everybody wants Americans. You know what I mean? Mm. That's the one thing I learned in Morocco. Not everybody wants Americans. You know, okay. some teams bring in Americans to help. Right. But Americans is not a necessity in Morocco if they have a good team, you know? Mm. So, like, that was different for me because I'm thinking every team has Americans at least, you know? Right. Don't right. get me wrong. They right. have foreign players, but foreign players are not Americans. Right. You know, they might have right. somebody from Senegal, might have somebody from, you know, just, just a different country. Right. But not the States. Because, you know, everybody thinks we're, we're from the States. We're supposed to be like LeBron. Kevin Durant, <laughs> you're true. supposed to go out that's there, you true. know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's like, that's that's, that's not what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, we're still humans, like, right. <laughs> you know? And that's and that's what I learned. I can give you a little story real quick. That's what I learned my first game in Morocco. I'm going to give some, like, some insight, you know? Oh, yes, sir. And my first game in Morocco, you know, a new team. Uh, I'm, I just, I messed up my finger. I cut my finger off with glass the night before. So, you know, I'm like, oh, now this, you know? Right. So I go. I go, we play um, Foos, which was the top team in the league. Oof, they went to uh, yeah, the road solid. to um, the Basketball African League. They was on yeah. the, the um, road to that little tournament. So we go out there. We lose by 50, right? Mm. Mind you, this is my first game as a professional basketball player. We put up 33 points. I had 16 to 33. The president is looking at me like, why, did, why, why didn't we win? Wow. You know? And and mind you, this is my first game in Morocco. So me, I'm personally thinking like, wow, like my my teammates, you know, they're not all that. 
but I'm like, I have no help. So I have to adjust quickly, you know, it's real quick because I'm not trying to get sent home, you know? Right. So the next game we fly to Tauntaun and um, that's like a 10, 11 hour bus ride. We fly there and we play better, but we still end up losing. But I had 27 that game, you know? Right. So right. now my personal mindset is like, in order for us to win, I'm going to have to try to be LeBron. You know, mm. that's what I'm thinking, especially when there's no help with me as, as far as an American. Right, right. I don't have a foreigner or an American. So really just like the whole change of like everything, having to bounce back from losing by 50 to losing again, you know, it's like it takes a toll on you. But yeah, it's like you have to just keep going because, you know, it's not going to stop. Like the days are not going to stop. Right. So it's really just like no matter what situation you're in, you're going to have to keep going regardless of whatever happens. You know what I mean? Right. So that's like right. the biggest thing I've really learned as far as like just different scenarios, different situations, just always keep going. Right. Right. Man, that's, see, that, that's, that, that, that's a hell of an insight and a hell of a perspective because, you know, sometimes we kind of forget to even imagine or what it feels like to be in the other person's shoes. Because, I mean, it's funny because I had a kind of a similar story because even, you know, here in uh, the UK, um, if we're doing pickup basketball and we hear an accent, okay, he's from London, he's from London. As soon as we hear, hey, yo, what up, man? I'm like, oh, straight. You play for my <laughs> yeah. team. I'm throwing you at use. I'm thinking you're going to go crazy. Like, so it's, it's super interesting how, you know, when you are marked, like you are from the US and you have that accent, there's certain even sometimes unrealistic expectations that are kind of put on you, you know? So, um, yeah, that, that's a hell of an insight. Hell yeah. of an insight. And, I mean, just just looking at your game, like, when it comes to skill development, which aspects of your game have you focused on the most and how do you continually work to enhance it? Um, really, like my main focus is is my shooting because okay. this day and age, you have to shoot. You, you can't be a driver no more. Like, you know, like you have to be able to shoot. And I recommend everybody being able to shoot. That's the only way that you're going to be able to, you know, because say you can't dribble, but you can shoot. Right. You can dribble a little bit to come off a screen and shoot, True. you know. It's like, but I really focus on my shooting and um, I've been more so focusing on my ball handling. Because um, I want to be able to get, I want to be like a get to my, my spot kind of guy, you know? Right. You know, I do right. a good job of it now, but I want to be like a better person at getting to my spot and being able to create for others off the dribble. So like, okay. um, for me personally shooting, like what I do personally is I usually shoot like 500 to 1,000 shots a day, Right. you know? Right. And I always make sure that they're different kind of shots. Like I don't do just stationary shots. There we go. I mix in a little there bit off go. the dribble, yes, you know? Sir. And um, ball handling, you know, I always do two ball. I always do one ball. I do, like, different drills. Because sometimes on Instagram, you know, they have, like, uh, um, Ber Berkeley might post, like, a video where he does, like, some ball handling training. Yep. And, like, I'll take that and go do it myself, you know? Right, right. Or, like, there, some people post, like, little training videos. You know, you can just take it, you know, food for thought, take the videos and run with it, you know? And right. it just helps out in the long run. So, like, those are the two main things I really, really you know, try to focus on right. as far as like skill development and enhancing those two things, really mainly the shooting though. Like I can shoot at a really high clip. So mm -hmm. I really say like, that's the thing that really keeps it going. Right. You know, right. It's being see, able to shoot. And see, that's something that gets spoken a lot about, but again, you just read really highlighted the 
detail and I kind of just want to stay on that point. When it comes to shooting 500 to 1,000 shots a day, you learn so much about your shooting mechanics, where your spots are from, how you shoot the ball, you know, and just mindset, you know, like, okay, I've made two in a row, I've made five in a row, and it's it's almost like a battle, it's, it's one-on-one with you against your mind, like, can I stay locked in, can I stay focused, can I make the next one, can I make the next one, so just about putting up those shots for you, what's the mindset going into that, and, and what did you discover about yourself in terms of whether it's, okay, shooting is now second nature or I know how to get my mind into gear when I need to lock in when I when I need to focus in on that target use my hips like what has those shooting journeys revealed to you so far um honestly it really has revealed to me that like you you have to lock in to mm. be able to, to to shoot like there is no just I'm thinking about something else and I can shoot it's very rare you know right so like for me personally um when I was at my uh when I was at limestone um, our coach used to have us do these shooting drills, and I, I'll never forget these shooting drills. Like, you got to make four in a row, you got to make five in a row, then you got to make ten in a row. And there's three people in a group. So you got to think about it like this. Like, we all have to make four in a row. We all have to make five in a row. We all have to make ten in a row in order to win the game. Right. You know? So it's it's really encouragement, you know? It's good passes. It's staying Absolutely. locked in. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we get to nine, he might miss. Mm. You got to start all over, yep. you know? So it's yep. really mentally like, what did I do to miss that one shot? But what did I do to make the first nine? You there know, you so go. you got to really think about it and you got to just stay focused, stay locked in. Cause me personally, like I've always been able to shoot to be honest, but mm. when I really started putting in the time and the work to it, that's when I got even better at shooting. Cause I, I naturally have a quick release. You know, you're not going to block my shot. Right. Like it's right. very rare. Right. But I'm so good at shooting because I put in the time that I can do a quick release and turn around and I know it's going in. You know, kind of nice. like stuff. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know? nice. Now, I'm not saying I do it often. Right. <laughs> you know, right. maybe if I hit three in a row, maybe I might, the fourth might be a yes, little sir. trick shot, you know? Yes, sir. But like, it's really just like, it's really just being able to shoot because a lot of people can shoot when it doesn't matter. Mm, but they get to the it. game like and it's like, and it's like, why, why is my shots not going in? Because it's different when you have defenders. It's different when you're in a pressure situation. Yes. So you might yes. see guys, you know, they can shoot outside of the gym. They can shoot playing pickup. Yeah. But when the, when, the, when the whistle's blown, there we go. it's like they don't make no shots. There we go. So it's like, it's always that different. It's always a different reality in the shooting that people don't see, you know? Right. It's right. always the people that put in the most work. There's people that put in a little bit of work. Because there's people that don't put in any work and just can naturally shoot. True. But it's people that put in work and can't shoot under the whistle. And it's right. different, you know? Right. So really just, like, just focus on, like, the mechanics of how you shoot. Because not everybody has the same shooting form. Correct. You know? Correct. So whatever helps you shoot, whatever makes you shoot better, do that. Right. You know? Right. Don't try to critique it because you see somebody else shooting and making it, but that's their shooting form. Right. If that makes sense, you know? No, Absolutely. Absolutely, and you even um highlighted a good um sh- shooter there. I'm low key gonna steal that and uh, use that on my uh, <laughs> men's. But um, it's it's real dope because I mean I do a shooting drill that I like to call uh four three two one where you gotta make um four from the wing whether you make or miss you gotta run to the half court and back, then three from the elbow, 
two free throws and then one shot from the top of the three-point line. And that needs to be done in um, two minutes. And you see players make the first four, knock down the three-elbow, get to the two free throws. And then it's that one shot where they're like, can't knock it down, run back up and down, can't knock it down. And again, it just really highlights, yes, you're working on fitness. But again, just like you highlighted, Justin, it's just about the mindset really locking in, okay, what did I do wrong where I missed? But then when I was making four or five in a row, what was I doing right? You know, so again, it's it's all a mind game. So I, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, for sure. I was about to say, I got another shooting drill that you could take too. Um, oh, yes, sir. Um, I was working out with this uh, NBA trainer, you know, shout out Rob McClanahan. Nice. Um, I definitely got in the gym with him uh, this past summer before I went to Morocco. And he had me doing this one drill where, you know, you kind of take the same fitness thing, the half court and back. Right. But instead you're going, you start under the basket, you okay. run to the, uh, you run to the corner, take a three, you run to the opposite corner, take a pull up. Mm. Then you run all the way back around under the basket, go to the wing, take a pump fake, a uh, side step three. Then you okay. run all the way to the other side, you know, but you have to make them all in a row. So this is for like your elite shooters, you know? Wow. Wow. Okay. So it's basically the same thing. And then once you get to the top of the key, you got to take a three and you have to hit. That's the last shot. And then I you see. run uh, up and back twice and make two free throws. Okay. Okay. You know? I like that. I like yeah, that. That's, that's for the, that's for the, like the, the elite Leeds. shooters though, yes, that really can yes. shoot. And like, you're like, yo, you have to make them when you're tired. That's the thing. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, just even on that note, in terms of training routines, you know, how do you approach your training routines to ensure just a balance between maintaining your current skills that you have, but also developing new ones as well? Um, honestly, you really just like, cause you know, you, there's always room for improvement in every area. So like most of the time I really just like, I'll go into my workout knowing what I'm going to work on that day you know, mm, and you every day might be different, you know, like some days I might work on shooting back to back days. Right. And then the third and the fourth day, I might work on ball handling mostly, but I still get in some shots, you know, I might work on some conditioning, might not even touch a ball, you know, or I might do conditioning while I do the work of like right. shooting and ball handling, or some days I might just put everything together, you know, because what I learned from Rob, uh, the NBA trainer is that right. it's not about how long you work out, like, Guys be in the gym two, three hours, and you're not doing anything for two or three hours. There's no need True. to be in the gym that long, you know? So, like, you giving yourself an hour 15, an hour 30 of intense workout is, like, better than being in the gym, you know, goofing off for two, three hours, you know, doing this, doing that, sitting down for five minutes, you know, on your phone real quick. Like, so, like, taking an hour, hour 15, an hour 30 to so really lock into your craft right. is, like, way better than, you know? So I'll take like an hour, hour 15, and I'll really lock into what I want to do for that day. Go as hard as I can, you know, obviously break a sweat in and get out the gym. You know, I might come back and do like some light stuff later, uh, depending on how I'm feeling, depending on how my schedule looks, depending on how the day goes. Right. But it's really about that that specific key hour that you want to work on that, you know, you want to put together, you want to make things right, you know? Right. And you just lock in on whatever key thing you want to lock in with, you know, because I have trainers that, you know, Sometimes they give me the workout. Sometimes mm. I give them my workout I want, you know? Okay. And, like, we just go hand-to-hand -hand on it. So it's really, like, a mixture of things that I like to work on. Nice. But every day is mostly different, you know? Right. Right. And, I mean, just being a guard of your size, I mean, just, you know, watching some of your film, I mean, you're 
pick and roll, how you get to the basket. And just one thing I think all elite guards really do well, or all elite guards do well, is that, you know, when you get to that level, you're not really concerned about the person in front of you. You're more so reading, when I break this person down, which side of the help is rotating? If, if this person drops, how am I going to feed that pass? Or how are they defending this right. pick and roll screen? You know, so especially for a player like yourself, Justin, you know, in, in fast-paced games like basketball, uh, you know, decision-making is so crucial. So how do you train your mind to make some of those split decision reads on the court, but not just offensively, but defensively as well? Yeah, so, like, uh, the main thing is just, like, just slowing the game down in your personal mind. Like, mm. a lot of people tend to speed up when the game speeds up, but in reality, you're supposed to slow the game down when the game speeds up. So, like, when the game is going fast, you got to literally take time to think, like, okay, if I do this, this is going to happen. A lot of people don't have that um, that mindset, you know? Because right. it takes a little while to, to just, to you know, like, game. It's sure. not something that happens just overnight, you know? Right. So, like, Say, say I'm defensively, I'm in a defensive position, you know, I'm in the help. I know if I, if, if he's driving and I stun at him, he's either going to pick up his dribble or he's going to pass. So basically, depending on what I do, I might do a fake jab and read and steal the pass because I'm reading that he's going to pass it, you know? Right, right. And like every guard is different. Sometimes you get guards that are really, really good. And, you know, he'll fake you out. You know, he, you might think he's going to do this, but he does this instead. So now you right. have to react, you right. know? But like, it's really just slowing the game down and seeing like, what's the next possible option that, that either I have or the offensive player has. Mm -hmm. So like, like I would say like, you know, playing pickup is like one of the best ways, but you have oh, to play pickup with guys that are really good. You know, it's, you can't play pickup with guys that are, are not as good because they're going to make mistakes that other guys are not going to make, True. you know? True. So, and that's one thing I could say for our practices, like um, when I was um, in Morocco, it's like, we got guys that are that are not as good, but they're making passes that are never going to happen in the actual game. Mm. So guys are getting steals, and they're happy about the steals that they're getting, but you're never going to get that steal in the actual That's game because great. that other player is not going to do that. There we you go. know. There we go. Yes, so sir. it's like when I when we play in the summer, it's like uh, we have um, professional runs where it's like college guys and professional guys. Right. And it's invite only. You know, so you might see twelve guys in the gym all professionals, all college guys, right, right? you know? And um, my guy, Rob, Rob Rose, he does it where like first, first person of five wins, you know? First person of five wins, wins the day. Mm. So you're competing, you know, it might be three teams, but you're all competing to get the five wins. So it's like whoever wins stays on, whoever loses gets off, the next team comes on. Mm -hmm. So I say, like, just surrounding yourself with guys, you know, that are really good at basketball that can feed into you is another way to help, like, with the uh, with the read and react, you yes. know? Yes, Cause absolutely. Because if you're playing with all professionals, you'll all see the same things. You'll all think the same things for, for the most part. Right. So, like, when they feed into you, you can feed into them. And it's like, it's just that that hand-in-hand -hand type of thing. Right. Where, like, you guys are making each other better in that right. little bit of time that y'all have, you know, playing pickup, you know? Right. Right, and just out of curiosity, whether it was when you was growing up or even now, is there a certain player or group of players that you kind of model your game after or you kind of study and put them, you know, under the microscope and be like, you know what, I like that spin fade or how they get to the basket, how they're patient coming off that pick and roll. Like, is there anyone that you kind of study? 
Uh, yeah, I, um, I definitely like uh, Kevin Durant. I've been studying him okay. for, for the longest, and I've, I've really recently just started uh, looking at Paul George, okay. uh, just at his nice. pace. You know, the way he just he plays so smooth and so calm, like yep. you can't rattle him. Yep. So it's like those are the two main guys that I really model my game after. You know, I watch uh, Paul George's podcast like every nice. every time he makes a new one. You know, yes, and I just sir. pick his brain as he speaks. And, you know, just to see, like, how he thinks about the game, how he looks at this, how he looks at that. Right. And I try to go out there and model my game after theirs, you know. But they put in, you know, they have, like, the best trainers, like, the best, you know. So, like, right, right. I basically it's do true. it in my own sense, you know. But, like, just how KD gets to the mid-range, you know, uh, you know, off the glass shots. You know, obviously he's seven foot, but still, if he can get to that spot, you still can't stop it, whether he's six, seven foot or not. True. You know. That is true. So it's like those are the guys I model my game after for the most part. Right. Just basically like taking PG smoothness. Yes. And like how you can't rattle him, and then trying Absolutely. to get that to the mid range like Kevin Durant. Right. Right. Now I mean PG PG is as smooth as it comes. You know he's just so smooth. So yeah. Smooth you know. And like, how would you even give advice to a player? I mean, because I'm sure you probably get questions as well being a pro. Like some players kind of ask me, and I'm super curious to get your perspective on you know i kind of teach when it comes to just the basics and then we can get advanced if need be you know triple threat you know can i shoot can i pass can i dribble and when it comes to players sometimes they may stumble and they may not know what factors decide whether or not to take a shot or to drive or to pass so for yourself as a pro just in in terms of you know talking about offensive tactics what factors do you consider when you're deciding where you should take a shot drive to the basket or to pass to a teammate that's in a better position right so i never i never really like if i take a bad shot it's because i wanted to take a bad shot i never take a bad shot because i don't want to take a bad shot or i have to take a bad shot you know mm, and so okay. one thing i say is that like never hesitate like if you want to do something go do it like if you make a mistake, everybody makes mistakes, you know? Right. Obviously, just get back on defense, you know? Right. But, like, right. as far as, like, like the triple threat position, like, you have three different things you could do. So, you're limited to three different things you could do. But before you before you even do anything, I'd say, like, think about what you want to do first, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what is your goal that you're looking at? Look at the defender's feet. Look at how the defender's playing you. If you feel like he cannot guard you, Take go by him. Facts, you know, facts. and one thing I don't do is I don't do like a twin cross behind the back, twin, twin cross behind, you know, right. I literally just keep it simple, get past my defender and make my decision after that, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. only the elite elite ball handlers can do the twin, twin behind the back and get something good out of it. Right. Not every person, not every player is that, you know, a lot of people see like James Harden uh, and some other players do that and they're like, oh, I can do that too. Yeah. But it's like, you don't have to do that to score. They're right. getting paid to do that. Right. You know? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, it's they're true. getting paid to do that. We're not getting paid that much money to do this. So it's right. like, just keep it simple and be as efficient as possible. Like, that's right. the whole name of the game. It's that's not about true. how many shots you take. It's literally about how efficient you could be. I'm looking at Devin Booker shoot 19 shots and score 40 points. Like, that's insane. Crazy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that doesn't even make sense like when you register it. Right. It's like, right. <laughs> you know, it's like... That's the that's the key to basketball is being as efficient as possible and making the best move and best move that you can make. Right. So, like like you said with the triple threat position, you go to the triple threat. Say you call for a screen. When he sets the screen, you don't have to use it right away. You know. Sure. 
you can see true. if the big man hedges up. If the big man high hedges, yep. you can, boom, take a there step back. Now he's going to drop back. You have a pass, you know? Right. It's right. like literally just read and react. Yes. So, like, you have to read everything, you know? Right. So, like, with the triple threat, like, don't dribble as soon as you take, like, as soon as you get the ball, don't dribble. Right. Because you, you've, killed, you've killed two of the things already. Right. You know? Right. So it's like, if you if you could just read and react and focus on reading and reacting, it makes everything easier in a triple threat position. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, oh, I just I just I just love talking basketball, man, because it's 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 really chess, you know, when it when it comes down yeah. to it. and and even especially at the pro level, you know. And I think just in terms of preparing for a game, you know, how do you even analyze opponents to identify you know what they do well offensively and some of their weaknesses as well and you know how does that influence your approach on the game so like um you know because some some people do scouting reports some people watch film but say you don't have scouting reports and you don't have film all you need is the first four minutes really in the game to see like what everybody does you know it's not going to take much you know you can see who who knows how to play you know like like we said with Paul George, Paul George could take five dribbles. You could tell, okay, he knows how to play. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Like, so when you're looking at other players, like you can see just based off their uh, aura, based off their movements, their like fluency, like you could just tell, like okay, he knows how to play, or he doesn't know how to play, or he's one he's one dimensional. You know, he might be a three and D guy. He just shoots threes and plays defense. Right. So that's how you can really like gauge how how you're gonna play defense on certain guys. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. it's all about personnel. Like if I see that this one dude, he doesn't shoot any threes, I'm going under on screens. There we go. You know, right. It's just little stuff like that. If I see that he shoots threes at a high rate, I'm going over the screen, forcing him to go downhill and hopefully I have the big help. Right. So it's really just like, like, like I said before, it's like read and react, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you see this guy doesn't do much of anything, you help off a lot, you know? Right. Force him to be the one to kill you. Like, you don't want the main guy scoring 40. You want the guy that doesn't really do much to score 40. Because if he, if the guy, if the main guy scores 40 and he gets going, he's going to start doing everything. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's just, it's just knowing what you want out of the certain guys that you're guarding after you look at them at the beginning of the game. You know? You see, when did that become a thing for you? Because, I mean, even just how you play, you can just tell that you you read the game very very well and for yourself was that something in terms of you know speaking about the importance of just basketball IQ just making the right reads um was that brought to you earlier on or is that something that that you kind of had to figure out later on in your playing career um, it's something I really had to like figure out later on because I used to be one of them guys that always wanted to play fast, you know, like right, fast, yeah, fast, yeah. fast, 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 think fast, move fast, you know. Right. And it got to the point where like my coach, one of my coaches, uh, uh, at Westfield State where I graduated from, like he just said, though, slow the game down. You don't have to go 100 miles per hour. You play better when you slow the game down. So I started to take that into consideration. Like even on fast breaks, it's not really a fast break for me because I'm still slowing the game down, even though I'm moving fast. I'm looking at every option I have. So I know if I drive, I can kick. I can pull up for three if I want, you know, if the defense is backing up. So it's like I really took that time to, like, really just analyze the game. And I did that mainly in pickup, you know? Like, you know, training is good. You know, working out is good. But you need somewhere to to use yourself. There we go. You know? 
Right. And you can't just go and be under a whistle every time. So you have to go play pickup with some guys, you know? True. And that's really when I started to understand, like, just based on how they move. Because, you know, some professionals move as, as though they're playing pickup, you yep. know? True. So true. it's like some of, some of the things that I've seen in pickup, they do over overseas. Wow. And it's okay. just like, it's just, that's naturally, like, once I see them do that, my natural instinct is to do what I'm going to do. Right. You know? And that's based off working on that for so long, to be honest. Like, right. Right, man. And just out of curiosity, like, can you call upon a specific moment or even a game situation where it was after a timeout or you kind of knew what the team was going to run where your tactical understanding of the game played a key role in the team winning? Uh, yeah, let me think, let me think. So, um, boom, okay, so college, um, we come out of a timeout. Okay. Uh, it's a couple seconds left, you know, and you know, the game is real close. It's real chippy, you know? Right. So right. I have the ball, I come off the screen and I just literally know, cause you know, I have the high right now. So I probably have like 23, maybe something like that. Okay. And I know they're going to blitz it. So when okay. they blitz it, the help defender from the corner is going to drop to catch the roll from the big man. Yes. I know the guy in the corner is wide open. IQ, I, love I literally yes, take sir. it, skip it, boom, game. Win, you know? Oh, and it's just man. little stuff like that. You know, it's just little stuff like that that you just know is going to happen because they right. don't want me to score. They don't want the big man to score because my big is good at this time. Right. They don't want my big man to score, so they're leaving my guy open. And, you know, we live with the results, obviously. Right, of but course, of course. It's just one of those things. It's like, that's the right play. The perfect timing. He knocks it down. We win. Right. Everybody's happy. You know what I'm saying? And it's man. just little stuff like that where it's like, all right. Like, he's he's definitely, like, up there on the IQ level. Right, you know? right. I would have been gassed over that. Let, let's go, JT. Let's go, JT. Great pass, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, they only here hugging me and stuff. And it's like, yo, like, I'm not even that. I'm just, I'm just happy we won, you know? Right, right. Exactly. Like, let's get on the bus, you know? Right. Like, let's wrap it up. <laughs> oh, man. And I think, again, that's why, I mean, I just love basketball so much because it, it, it it's not just an individual sport, it's a team sport. So you, you really got to learn how to show yourself in front of others in, in terms of, okay, this is what my role is going to be on the team. Identifying other roles within other people. But, you know, it's not, don't change what you say, change how you say it sometimes, you know, in, right. in certain scenarios. And, you know, how do you, communicate with your teammates on the call and especially in high pressure situations um honestly just just you got to make sure your whole team has confidence you know mm, so say say that's they cute. say they haven't really done much all game it's this high pressure situation yo like bro you got this like relax you, you know this is this is the moment that you're gonna make something happen you know right and like i really just try to you know i try to like keep everybody upbeat Nice. Just solely on the fact that like negative energy just brings negative, you know, outcomes. Absolutely. So it's like if you keep everybody in high spirits, nobody's gonna be low because everybody's like, oh, like, you know, he trusts me. You didn't have to put trust, like the the team has to trust one another. Right. And if you could be a guy to to start the trust, then it'll just start carrying over, you know? That's huge. You just need everybody to buy in. So like if you can just help by everybody just buying into what we're trying to do, mm -hmm. especially in like high pressure situations, like 
like I said, we live with the outcome. But if we yeah. have everything go right, there's not much room for error, you know? Especially if we have everybody on the same exact page. Right. But if you have one person on the wrong page out of five guys, it lowers the percentage by, you know, mm-hmm. 20%, right. 30%. Right. So it's like, if you just have everybody on the same page, it just makes stuff so easy and it makes everything just work fluently, you know? Right. So like right. just really just keeping everybody, you know, upbeat and high spirits. That's really what it is about, you know? Right. Right. See, and I think again, for for me, I mean, I, I didn't really learn the uh importance of uh recovery or stretching or just, you know, just taking care of your body till after the fact, you know, where because you know when you're young, you're high flying, you're finishing at the rim, you don't really stretch or cool down because you think you're young, you straight. But as you get older, you kind of understand the importance of why the LeBrons, why certain athletes just invest so much time and not, not, not just playing on the court and preparation, but post-workout, the importance of recovery, you know, especially a sport that demands so much physical and mental endurance. So for yourself, um, Justin, you know, how do you, mentally stay sharp throughout the game and you know what techniques do you use to recover and prepare for the next match um honestly i i i like the stretch i like the um even though i hate ice baths i hate the word <laughs> passion you know i hate them right but like right. my man's k3 shout out k3 you know that's my that's teammate right. at westford you know he he's the one that really was like yo bro just like just take the ice bath bro deal with deal with the 30 seconds of you know being cold and when you get out, bro, you're going to feel like a new man, you know? Mm. So I listened to him, you know, and I had to call him like, yo, you're right, bro. You know, right. Right. <laughs> I'm not prideful, <laughs> but I'm like, yo, you're right, bro. I ain't right. gonna lie. Like, you know what you're talking about, you know? So like just, just little stuff like that, you know, foam rollers, um, the stretch bands, like just mentally resting too. Like you have to take like days off. You can't go 14 days straight. You can't go seven days straight. You need one day of rest, you know, mm, where you're just off your feet. You know, just mentally locking in. You know, yoga is a good thing too. Nice. Um, nice. I had uh, I had um, um, a couple guys with me. We did yoga one time. You know, and it just opens up everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, cause you know, you're you're with your inner self. You know, you're just breathing in, you're breathing out. You're doing different exercises. You're doing different movements, and whole time it's actually stretching your body. You know? Right. And like, right. you don't really feel it until after. You're like, yo, I feel. I feel real good, you know? Right, right. So that's really that's really the, the key things that I do personally. You know, obviously you can go to like cryotherapy, get in a little ice box. I mean, um, what is it? It's like cold air. Oh, I can't remember you. what it's yes, called. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You yep. can get in that. And they have like uh some some things called like red rooms that take away uh what is it? Um inflammation, you know? Oh and it's like a, gotcha. a room and it's and it's red. Like right. everything is red. Right. You just sit in it, you know, you get out and like, you just feel different after. Nice. But those are like the high tech, you know, things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I've done a little bit of everything, to be honest, though. But uh, those are the main things that I do, you know, right. especially the yoga. I like the yoga one the most. That's a, see, I, 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 I low-key may have to, have to start trying yoga because I'm, I'm, I'm hearing about it so much. And this relationship to how it relates to basketball and just the benefits and even just out, out outside of basketball just giving your body longevity you know so yeah man yoga might have to be the shout i can't even lie jt <laughs> yeah i tell you bro i'm telling oh, yoga man. you gonna feel different bro that's what's up 
That's what's up. And just just one final question before we get into the third and fourth quarter, which I, I like to call the quick hit, hitter segment. Is there any highlights that stand out to you the most, but also what were some of the lowlights that made you a better person and player? Um, so one of the highlights was uh, 110% um, winning the championship at the college level. Oh, man. Um, easily a highlight, you know, especially because we had went through so much, you know, adversity throughout mm-hmm. the season. Talk about You it. know, to come out on top is, you know, beautiful. But one of the uh, one of the lowlights was um, my last year. We were supposed to go back-to-back. But, um, you know, like I said, shout out my man's K3. He got hurt, you know, towards Achilles. He went down. He was a big piece for us, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was supposed to average 20 with me, but, you know, he got hurt. And that just really just sent everything for me downhill because it's like, this is my guy, you know. Like, we came in together. We won a championship together. Right. Like, we played we played the backseat our first year so that this year, we, I mean, you know, this upcoming year, we could be the guys, you know. Right. So he took a toll, you know. And, you know, he was out for the year. So now I'm by myself, you know. But, like, that whole year, like, it just made me a better person because it really helped my game to to go to a different level, which helped me to be a professional because I went pro after that, you know. Right. So right. it really just helped my whole game to improve because, like, I'm the main guy now. So right. I have to figure it out, you know. Right. I'm averaging, right. I'm averaging like, 17, 18 a game, you know. But through the playoffs – you know, because I got us back to the championship, we just ended up losing because, like, I had thirty, but my teammates didn't come through. So, right. like, throughout through the um through the playoffs, I was averaging like twenty six, seven and seven, or something Jeez. like that. You know, so I'm pushing us through the playoffs, but right, right. you know, I guess my teammates just ran out of gas at the end, and you know, we ended up coming short. Right. But those are definitely the two the two highest points and the, and the lowest point. You know, like where I was like, man, I got to really figure it out. You know, because mm-hmm. it's always going to be a time in life where it's going to hit you. Something's going to hit you hard. I'm telling you. You gotta, just got to figure it out, you know. You just got to figure it out. Never be complacent. Never settle. Just figure it out, you know. Man, I mean, it, it It must be a super trip. I mean, if it, even if I just look at how basketball has taken me to so many places and it's, you know, allowed me to connect with so many people just in London and just all across the world. It, it, it's, I never would have thought that this round basketball would have given me so many opportunities so for yourself Justin do you kind of have those moments where you look back and be like damn this this round ball has given me so much yeah man like it is so crazy to think about because it's like like coming just just coming up like you know the ball is just so basic you know what I mean like you just look at the basketball and it's like wow it's like (laughs) it's just a bouncy ball you know what I'm saying they have hella balls in the world you know it's just it's just another ball, you know? Right, right. But then when you actually look inside of it and you actually look at it, it's like it's so much more. Like, I'd have, I'd have had so many friendships. I'd have had so many people I've met, so many people yeah. I've come across, you know? Because, like, the world is really about who you know. Like, true, so true. And I'd have met so many people that have helped me throughout this journey as far as, like, with agents, as far as with uh, different agencies, nice. as far as with different countries. It's just, like, this little ball, you know? has just opened so many doors right. for me, for this to be my profession, you know? Right. Right. Like, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to be in this profession and actually True. thrive in it. So for me to be True. able to take this basketball and really, you know, do something great with it, it's like, I couldn't ask for no more, you know? Right. 
Because right. a lot of people like a lot of people don't know what they wouldn't do without sports. You know, this like, is true as well. You know, I have a degree, but like, this is my plan A. So until right. my plan A fails, then I fall back on my plan B, which is a degree. You right. know, right. So it's like whatever people have that they're really really good at, it's like they want to keep doing that for the rest of their lives. You know, but obviously the ball stops bouncing. True. But. I wanted to stop bouncing where I can get a job or something like that inside the career for that I have now, you know? Right. right. So that's really what it's all about. Man, for real, for real, man. And and we're just going to make a transition now into the quick hitter segment. Now, these questions um, is going to be quite rapid fire. But again, I, I'm super curious to get your take on this first one, Justin. First one is, uh, what is a skill... That is taught by many, but only mastered by a few. What is a skill that is taught by many, but only mastered by a few? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, ah, um, like mental strength, you know, mm. like it's taught, like coaches teach you mental strength, but it's only mastered by a few. A lot of people think that they're mentally strong until they come into a situation where they don't know what to do. And they're looking for help from other people, you know? Right. So only a few really can master, like, how how can they, like, mentally make something happen, you know? Like, that's really the main thing. It's like, how can you mentally keep yourself in check and mentally in line to make a better decision for yourself when times get hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Understood. I like that one. I like that one because mindset is, is huge. It's, it's spoken about a lot. It's, it's broken down a lot, you know, from, from the players, but really attaining that. And again, like you said, I mean, you even highlighted, you know, you got some uh, training worries, you know, they look good on the layup lines, but when they got to make that game with a layup, you know, or they got to make certain decisions, that's when, you know, some players crumble or, or can't really handle the pressure, you know, so that's a right. very good one. Very, very good one. So... Next one is the best piece of advice you ever received. The best piece of advice I've ever received was it was really never get too high and never get too low. That's probably the best one I've ever received, you know, because okay. when you get too high, it leaves room for disappointment. When you get too low, you never feel like you could do anything greater than what you're doing right there, you know? Right. So it's really just never get too high, never get too low, always stay, you know? Right. I in like the middle. That. Yeah. I like that. I think even uh, rest in peace to the legend that is Kobe Bryant. He said, you know, one thing he admires about Steph is, you know, when he kind of watches his game, you can never tell if he's having a great shooting night or a bad sh- shooting night just in his demeanor and in his facial expressions and even how he plays. Like, he just, he just plays how he plays. You know, you can't really tell if he's having a good, if he's having a great night or not. And as a defender, you're always looking for the advantage and most defenders are always trying to look at, oh, okay, I, I'm in his head now. He isn't going to score or his shot got blocked. You know, he's he's thinking about the present. But players like Steph, right. you know, who, who kind of are never too high, too low, you can't really break their shield, you know. So I like that. I like that. Uh, next one is, uh, if it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learnt filling the blank about myself. If it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned like how much how much adversity I can personally get through, you know. Oh, like okay, yeah. Okay. It's it's 
you know, because basketball puts me in so many different situations where I had to figure out something real quick, you know? Mm. And it's like, some you can either fold or you can strive, you know? And it's right. like, it's like adversity, adversity is there to see what you're going to do with it. Very true. So if, if, if I didn't have basketball, I wouldn't know how much adversity I could really put myself through and succeed getting through, you know? So how 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 has your relationship with the word adversity changed over the years? Like if you look at when you first came with adversity to to now, um, how has it changed? Uh, honestly, it's just like like I don't even see adversity as like a thing anymore. You know, mm, I just see it as like okay, a little like stepping it. stone. You I know, like it's it. like just a little hump to get over. But when Here I first go. actually heard the word adversity, it's like damn adversity, like. <laughs> I got to try to get through this, you know, but now that I've been through it so much, it's like, it's just another stepping stone. It's just another little hump I have to get over. You know, it's not no biggie, you know? (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. And and the final one before we get to the fourth quarter is what would the title of your autobiography be? Ah, wow. That's a good one. Uh, The title of my autobiography. Uh, Oh my! What would the title be? Uh, Take your time with man, it, please. What I was about to say, I'm trying to think. Take your time with it. Uh, man. Um, I'd probably say. Uh, JT's. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, bro. That puts you on the spot. It's like, what would it be? Right. Uh, right. Like, there's like a player right now. He's been yeah. following your game. He's going to uh, Barnes and Nobles or uh, Waterstones here in the UK. <laughs> they say, "Yo, um, do you know where the um Justin's book is? Oh yeah, it's up on the third floor. So he's going up the stairs. He goes down to the sports section, goes to basketball. He sees you on that book, and he's looking at the title. What does it say? It would say, I think it would say, JT's life story. Hmm. Um, it's simple, and I think it would just have everything that I've ever been through in that in that story, you know. Right. Right. Because it's a lot, you know, it's a lot of stuff. So I think Absolutely. it would be JT's life story, and boom, we would just give all the details that you know I never really told people in real life. That's what's up. I love it. I love it, man. Now, fourth quarter. What I like to do is I like to have fun with my guests just before we wrap up. So what I do with with my guest Justin is I give them 10 seconds to name five things. So for example, I might say, Justin, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five NBA point guards. And usually when you hear this countdown right now, that's when you could just start listing them off. How does that sound? Uh, Yeah, beautiful. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, the first one, we're going to start nice and easy. So, Justin, you have got 10 seconds to name five NBA players. Okay. Nine. Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. Easy money. Easy money. (laughs) Four seconds left. Bet. Okay. (laughs) Next one, you've got 10 seconds to name five nba teams okay sacramento king oh sacramento kings um, seven, phoenix suns six, milwaukee bucks 
uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Here we go. And one. Oh, that's it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nice. Oh, beautiful. I was about nice. to say, I'm over here thinking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to the Sacramento. Um, shout out, boy, because they, ooh, they, I mean, they're doing much more better than my, than my Chicago Bulls, but that's a whole nother conversation. But anyway, we're going to move <laughs> on to the next question. So, okay, Justin, I'm going to give you the heads up. I'm going to call out. There's a screen right early so that, because in the past, guests have kind of stumbled upon this question because, again, you you do hear these names, but it's only um, during a certain time of the season, you know. So let's 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 see how yeah. you do with this next one. Right, ten seconds to name five NBA coaches. Oh wow! Ten. Okay. Nine. So eight, um. Seven. Oh, what's six. Five. <laughs> four. Yo, I can't name any coaches, bro. I'm trying to. Yo, I literally just went blank too. I had like three in my head. I'm literally like, yo, what are their names? Like, and now I'm trying to think. Hold up, hold up. Who are some coaches though? But um, you got Eric Spolster. Yep. Yes, sir. You got uh, Mike. Um, is it Mike? Um, the one from the Kings. Oh yes, uh, yep, yep, yep. Mike, um, you got Phil. Yep. Wait, it have to be current. No, um, it could be current or even past coaches as well. And past. Yep. So I'm just trying to see if I can do it. Phil, <laughs> you got um, uh, what's his name from the Spurs? Um, oh, uh, Greg Popovich. Yeah, yeah, Pop. Yeah. Pop, and yeah. the um, I was thinking the Lake, uh, the Warriors coach. Oh, um, um, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Yes, 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 sir. Okay. <laughs> Bet. I literally went blank, bro. When you said five <laughs> coaches, I'm like, all right, boom. Then I'm like, ah, oh, what? Take some time, you know? Right. It's like, what are they? Oh, for real, for right. real. You ain't, you ain't the first as well, so it, it definitely does take a minute. Okay, so the next one should be um a little bit more easier because you do hear these names. Um often so 10 seconds justin to name five international players in the nba okay so luka Doncic, uh Giannis, yep. um six what is his name Finis. four oh yeah 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 Finis. um wemby wemby yeah wemby yeah and uh who else uh wemby and Who's another one? Um, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? I just had it. <laughs> um, ah, oh, what team are you uh thinking of? I'm thinking of um, is it is it the Heat? Um, his name is like Jack J- Jacquez. J- what is it? Jamie uh, Jamie J- Jacquez. I think he's international. Okay, you got me thinking now. Damn, hold on. Yeah, bro, I'm thinking. Cause I, you know, I'm trying. I was thinking like, okay, those are the four, and then I was like, I can give like a, a another one, you know, right. from the Heat, but right. I can't think of his name. Jamie Jacquez, Jameer, something like that. Okay, bet, bet. Okay, we got the last three just before we wrap up. And now these ones are, are should be a lot more easy because it's just really down to personal preference. So, next one, Justin, is you've got. 10 seconds to name five basketball movies. Oh, wow. 10, 
Nine, like Mike. Eight, yep. Classic. Um, seven. White man six, can't jump. There we five, go. Three uh, four. Love three, basketball. Yep. Two, uh. <laughs> love and basketball. I'm trying yep. to think. Uh, uh, what is Um. There's, there's a movie with KD, though. I just can't think of it. I was watching it on the plane ride. Um. I have to look for it, though. Okay, um, bet. And I ain't gonna lie, I can't think of it last. <laughs> so you good, know? so good. <laughs> okay, we, <laughs> we've uh, got the final two. So you've got 10 seconds to give me your top five players of all time. Oh, beautiful. So 10, Kobe Bryant, nine, yes, Kevin Durant, eight, seven, um, six, five, I'll go, four, I'll go SGA. Ooh, okay. One. Yeah, I thought SGA, Giannis, and Luca. Nice, nice. SGA, okay. No, he's been. Yeah, but he's so he's so tough. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's so tough. Right now, right now, I just went for right now. You know. Right, right, right. Yeah, like right now. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And the final one, just before we wrap up, is you've got ten seconds to name five artists that get you hyped before a game. Okay. Uh, little Baby. Ten, oh, yes, sir. Future. Nine, okay. CEO Trail. Seven, six, five. Throw some four, uh, scissors. Throw some three, R&B in there. Okay. Two, I like um, it. One. I'll go Kalani. Okay. Hey, I love the R&B shout outs. That's, you know, that's low-key a first. That is low-key a first. So that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> CEO Trail, too. He goes crazy. So. Yeah, he fire. I ain't gonna that's what's up. Oh man, right, listeners. Honestly, man, this is this has been a absolute treat for myself and for those who are listening right now that want to follow Justin on his career and just even just learn how he plays the game, you know, and just take a few gems from him. Um, Justin, talk to us. Uh, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram is Justin Tom T H O M eleven. Uh, Twitter is Justin Tom two. And I don't use Snapchat, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Perfect. And listeners, do not worry. All of the links to Justin will be in the description. But listeners, we appreciate your time. Stay hooping. Keep being a student of the game. This is myself, Coach D, and the athletic dynamic guard representing South Carolina, Justin Thompson, signing out. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, my guy. <laughs>